Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. My name is Jeff Krasno. Today's lesson on metta, or loving kindness, which includes a guided meditation, is an excerpt from Sharon Salzberg's Commune course, Compassionate Resilience. At its heart, loving kindness is a practice meant to give us the tools to love in the face of fear, to know that even in our hardest moments, love is a state of being that can be cultivated. To access the full Compassionate Resilience course, try Commune membership free for 14 days at onecommune.com slash trial. And with that, I hope you enjoy this lesson and meditation with Sharon Salzberg. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about loving kindness, most particularly offering it and receiving it ourselves. So loving kindness is the common term for what in the Buddhist tradition is called metta, M-A-T-T-A. It's usually translated as loving kindness, sometimes as love, sometimes as my preference, which is the force of connection. We talk about loving kindness not in terms of, say, liking somebody or approving of them, but having this bone-deep recognition that our lives are connected. And for ourselves, it's a way of appreciating our potential. It's said that no matter what we've gone through, no matter who we are, what our history, or what we may yet go through, there is within us this possibility of growth, of change, of clarity, of love, of connection. And so we practice loving kindness as a way of affirming that truth. I've often been approached by scholars and translators and asked, well, why say loving kindness? It's such an odd term. It's not something, say, if you go to a coffee shop, you'll necessarily hear people at the next table talking about it might make the quality itself seem somewhat arcane and removed from day-to-day life, which is really not true. They say, just say love, that's what you mean. But love, of course, is a very complicated word. Like, what do we mean when we say love? Sometimes we really, frankly, mean a medium of exchange. Like, I will love you as long as you love me in return, as long as you demonstrate it in this precise way, as long as the following 15 conditions are met. I once used that example with a group, and someone in the room called out, only 15 conditions? So I will love you as long as however many conditions are met. I will love myself as long as I never make a mistake. And we all know, like, the fragility, the breakability of that state. So when we say loving kindness or love in this context, it has to mean something more sustainable, more accessible, something that isn't going to break 
as circumstances break or change. I think sometimes of this line in a movie, the movie was Dan in Real Life, it was uh, now maybe 12 years ago, and the line is, love is not a feeling, it's an ability. Love is not a feeling, it's an ability. And of course, it's a feeling as well, but think about that. Love is an ability. Because I know when I have felt that love was some kind of commodity, it was really in someone else's hands to give me or take away from me. And if they took it away from me, I'd be bereft. I'd have nothing. There'd be no love in my life. Whereas if I see love as an ability, it's within me. I get the image sometimes of like the UPS person standing at the doorstep holding this package for me of love and looking down at the address and saying, no, made a mistake, and going off. And I'm going, wait a minute, you know, then I have nothing. If it's an ability, it's within me. And other people may ignite it or inspire it or threaten it, but it's mine to cultivate, to empower, to enjoy, to nurture. So that's very much the sense of, of loving kindness. It's a powerful sense of connection that we can have for ourselves and certainly we can have for others. A lot of it has to do with how we pay attention. If, for example, with yourself, you are the kind of person who comes to the end of the day and you tend to evaluate yourself, like, how would I do today? Let's just say you're the kind of person who pretty well only remembers the things you did wrong and the mistakes you made and the ways you could have shown up differently, let's just say. So much so that your whole sense of who you are and all that you will ever be just collapses around that really stupid thing you said at that meeting. Offering yourself loving kindness, wishing yourself well, is almost like asking yourself, anything else happened today? What's the good within me? And you think about, say, a benefactor, someone who's helped us, someone who's been kind to us or inspiring for us. Maybe we've never met them. They've inspired us from afar. This could be a mentor. It could be a friend. be a poet. could be a puppy, actually. I often use these days a puppy as a benefactor in my mind because my friends adopted a puppy and the family is like a good deal happier than they were before. So I think of that puppy as a kind of benefactor. The suggestion is that we think of someone who when we think of them, we smile. Like who lifts our spirits? Who do we enjoy? Just that sense of, of their being past or present. And we actually offer loving kindness to that being. That doesn't mean that, you know, we think we're going to fix them in some way or, or whatever. It's a moment of appreciation, of recognition, that we're not so alone, actually, that we are relying on and can appreciate the bounty in our life from having someone that 
brings us that sense of upliftment. So we offer loving kindness to ourselves as the first recipient. We offer loving kindness to others, ending ultimately in all beings everywhere. But for now, we're going to focus on the offering of loving kindness to ourselves, to a benefactor, and then our own receiving of it. So once again, this is not something that's selfish or self-centered. It's acknowledging the, the power of love, the sense of care that can come instead of condemnation, the ability to stretch and how we pay attention, and recognizing that something like offering love is a practice of generosity. It's like the generosity of the spirit. And just like material generosity is said to best come from a sense of inner abundance, not obligation, not duress, not kind of a public show, but it's almost like that natural spillover from a sense of inner abundance or at least inner sufficiency. If we offer ourselves or we can take in the loving kindness being offered to us, we have the possibility of really building and fortifying that sense of inner abundance. A friend of mine, Barbara Fredrickson, is a researcher, University of North Carolina. She researches positive states. She has this theory that she proposed about states like loving kindness, gratitude, things like that. It's called the Fredrickson Broaden and Build Theory, that we cultivate these states not just for, you know, lying around being self-satisfied. We cultivate these states first because they broaden our perspective. They open up our world, our sense of possibility. We expand. And that makes sense to me because I know when I'm lost in fear or opposite states from these positive states, I contract. My world gets very small. It feels very limited. Whereas in the cultivation of loving kindness, things open up and then build. To develop these states means to build a sense of inner resource. So we meet adversity without feeling so undone, that we have nothing from within to rise to a challenge. We meet joy in a way that isn't shunning it or, or pushing it away. And we even have a different relationship to kind of ordinary, neutral, routine experiences that we usually don't even notice because we're coming at the world and all the different range of experience with this different sense of inner resource. And so we're going to practice really deepening this quality of care and love and paying attention differently to ourselves, to a benefactor, and explore the reciprocal nature of generosity. We're going to do a practice of loving-kindness meditation, which is its own method of meditation. 
instead of resting our attention on the feeling of the breath, we're going to rest our attention on the silent repetition of certain phrases. The phrases are the way we pay attention differently. They're the conduit for the heart's energy. Common phrases, beginning with ourselves, are things like, may I be safe? Or some people prefer, feel safe. May I be safe? Be happy. Be healthy. Live with ease. Live with ease means in the things of day-to-day life, like livelihood and family. May it not be such a struggle. May I live with ease. May I be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. Live with ease. People often say to me, well, who am I asking? We're not asking anybody anything. We're offering, we're gift-giving. It's like a form of blessing. It's like handing someone a birthday card and saying, may you have a happy birthday. May you have a great year. May you be safe. May I be safe. It's like that. And you don't have to use these particular phrases. I think if you're accustomed to a loving kindness practice and you have other phrases, please just continue with those. If this is your first experiment with it, then maybe try these for now so that you're not spending the whole session just thinking about what should I say? The idea with the phrases is that they're big enough, they're general enough, so that we can offer them to ourselves and ultimately offer them to others. May I be safe, be happy, be healthy, live with ease. It's not a practice where you're trying to force a certain special emotion or feeling. The power of the practice comes from completely gathering our attention behind one phrase at a time. Feelings may come and go. Experiences will come and go. It's all right. The most important thing is actually just experimenting, seeing what happens. And you will likely not see the changes in your formal period of practice, but you will find you can be different when you've made a mistake in how you speak to yourself, how you meet a stranger, and so on. So let's sit together. You can sit comfortably, close your eyes or not. Just bring your energy into your body. And gently repeat with yourself as the first recipient. Phrases like, may I be safe, be happy, be healthy, live with ease. You can repeat them with enough space and enough silence that it's a rhythm that's pleasing to you. I have a friend who said he thought he'd get extra credit by saying more phrases. You say them rather faster. Don't do that. See if you can gather all your attention behind one phrase at a time. And the skill set is really the same. Your attention will likely wander. You'll go to the past. You'll go to the future. All over the place. It's okay. When you realize that, see if you can gently let go and come back.
May I be safe, be happy, be healthy, live with ease. And see if you can think of a benefactor, someone who's helped you or inspired you from afar. Person, puppy, whoever comes to mind that has you smile. And if someone comes to mind, you can bring them here. Get an image of them. Say their name to yourself. Get a feeling for their presence. And offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. Even if the words aren't perfect, it's okay because they're carrying the heart's energy, so they're serving us. May you be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. Live with ease. Now imagine that this benefactor is offering loving kindness back to you. You might want to phrase it as may you, but in any case, you're positioning yourself as the recipient. And as you are receiving loving kindness from this benefactor, all kinds of different emotions may arise, you may feel embarrassed. You may feel you'd like to just have them ignore you. You may feel grateful or delighted. Whatever those emotions might be, see if you can have them just wash through you as you steady your attention on the repetition of the phrases.
And notice those moments when you actually can receive the attention, the energy, the love. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes or lift your gaze and we'll end the session. So thank you. listen to Sharon, I'm reminded of the old adage that love is one of those things that the more you give away, the more you have. If you continue to practice with Sharon and her commune course, Compassionate Resilience, I truly believe you'll come away with a profoundly deeper sense of connection to yourself, to the people you care for most, and ultimately to all of life. Now just go to onecommune.com trial to get started. And we're always working to make this podcast better. And you can help by giving us feedback. So do you enjoy when we include guided meditations on the podcast? And what commune teachers do you like the best? Let us know by leaving a review. And of course, hit that subscribe button to be the first to receive new episodes. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasnow, and I am here for you.